what TCU football game from the 2022 football season came in at number eight in our list. And TCU basketball has an opponent for Friday. It's going to be Arizona State. Hope the Sun Devils don't shoot the ball like they did on Wednesday night. We'll discuss that all and more on uh, Lockdown Horn Frogs coming up now. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Horn Frogs. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe on YouTube or wherever it is you get your favorite podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Horn Frogs your first listen of the day. Uh, if you've been following me over the last few weeks, I've been doing this in a much slower pace than I would like to. But every time I like get ready to do uh, an episode about it or a segment about it, news breaks or something's going on with basketball, something's going on with baseball that I want to talk about. So I've been working my way slowly through the top 10 games of the TCU's uh, 2022 football season. Number 10 was the win over SMU. Number nine was the season opening win over Colorado. And today we're going to talk about the win over West Virginia. It's funny, this team played so many close and emotional games. I really don't know how this list is going to – I honestly don't. I don't know how the list is going to shake out because you can make the argument that the Baylor game was the most heart-stopping biggest game of the year. Of course, Michigan had the biggest stakes. It was the biggest deal. It was the biggest win. Uh, Then you had crazy wins over Kansas State and Oklahoma State in emotional fashion at home. You had an amazing win on the road at Texas when everybody thought your undefeated season was going to come to an end because the the scary Longhorns were going to put it to rest, and they didn't. And so this West Virginia game, it was a three-point game like late in the fourth quarter. TCU scored a touchdown late to put it away. But uh, if you remember at that part of the season, they were just coming off an emotional double overtime win against Oklahoma State. The next week they come back and they beat Kansas State in dramatic fashion. Those two games at home, all of a sudden they have to go on the road to Morgantown to play a West Virginia team that was three and four on the year. But of course, it's always tough to play uh, there in Morgantown. It's, you know, JT Daniels came in highly touted. He's actually now at Rice. He went from USC to West Virginia, or no, USC to Georgia to West Virginia and now to Rice. Um, but JT Daniels, talented guy. And it was in this stretch of the season where the defense was really, really struggling to start out games well. And those struggles continued. Uh, and the whole team, honestly, was struggling to start out games well. And those struggles continued in this matchup um, against the Mountaineers. First drive, TCU had it rolling. They were down in West Virginia territory, a couple negative plays. They ended up punting from the West Virginia 35. And then West Virginia, on their first two drives of the game, just went through the TCU defense like butter. I mean, it was eight plays, 80 yards. Um, C.J. Donaldson on a one-yard touchdown run. TCU comes back with a long pass to Tay Barber for a touchdown. And then West Virginia, again, a surgical drive, 10 plays, 75 yards. C.J. Donaldson, again, this time from the five-yard line on second and goal. Um, or, excuse me, a one-yard run again on third and goal. Punches it in. Mountaineers are up 14-7. to seven. Quentin Johnson was still dealing <clears throat> with that ankle injury at the time, but he did haul in a 55-yard touchdown pass um, on the ensuing possession that tied that game up at 14. Both offenses were just like trading punches early in this one. Neither defense could get a stop. TCU defense came up with a big stop um, on the next drive on third and 11 from the 50. 
Um, TC forced a fumble that was recovered by Luol Ugak. And it was one of those crazy plays. It was like a strip sack. You weren't sure if if JT Daniels moved his arm forward. We were all just picked up the ball uh, because the whistle wasn't blown. And they called it a fumble in the field, and they upheld it after review. So TCU got the ball back. Um, Kendra Miller, one play, 51-yard touchdown run, 21-14. West Virginia, again, a just long surgical drive, 15 plays, 89 yards this time. Um, and you just remember, like, that was a, a time in the season where this TCU defense was struggling so much to get off the field in the first half. Actually, they scored that touchdown on a fourth and two, a pass to Johnson Johnson for the touchdown. And then TCU went down the field again um, and scored a touchdown on Monty Bailey with a 30-yard run. So they had a 28-21 lead at halftime. Insane first half of football. Offense really picked up the defense and a half where they did not play well. But they had that lead, and then everything sort of flipped in the second half. The offense really struggled, and the defense came up with big stops. Um, you know, they were able to, to, to uh, force a – or TCU muffed a punt that was recovered by West Virginia. Um, they kicked a field goal a few plays later to make it 28-24. TCU had to punt again, and then um, West Virginia went down the field. <clears throat> but the defense got a huge stop on fourth and goal from the four – forced an incompletion, and TCU kept the lead the whole game. It looked dicey at times, but they were able to keep the lead really once they took that 21-14 uh, to lead in the second quarter. Um, Frogs got an, two more field goals. They were having all kinds of trouble closing in the red zone. If you remember that was a game where Garrett Riley was having some issues. He was just getting way too cute in the red zone. You had a like a reverse to Quentin Johnston that didn't work. There was a, a bad snap on what looked like maybe – you know, a pot, it was supposed to be a pot pass to Quentin Johnson that led to a negative play. Um, so it was 34-31 Frogs, and Max Duggan threw an interception on third and 10. Um, thankfully, it was a deep pass, so West Virginia picked it off at 16. But West Virginia got the ball back um, with three minutes and 50 seconds left, down three points at home with a chance to go win that football game or at least tie it. And – uh, the TCU defense stood tall. Incomplete pass by JT Daniels on first down. Um, a loss of three yards on second down. I believe Johnny Hodges made that tackle. And then forced an incompletion on third and 13. Uh, TCU got the ball back and then got a couple first downs on the ground. We're in that odd situation on fourth and one from the West Virginia 29-yard line where you could have kicked a field goal. You could have punted. There was 20 seconds left. Instead, they decided to throw a fade pattern to Savion Williams, um, and he caught it for the touchdown. And that gave TCU a 41-31 to 31 victory over the Mountaineers. It was another example of what the team showed consistently throughout the year, which was they just had such a high level of mental toughness. When the chips were down, when it didn't look like they were going to pull out a game, like maybe this would be the, the part of the year where they stumbled – um, they got it done. It wasn't always impressive. I know this was one game where I didn't feel great afterwards. Like I was like, man, you got to start beating some of these teams by significant margins if you're going to be in the playoff mix. Because once they got past that Oklahoma State, K-State gauntlet, in my mind I was thinking, well, they should at least make the Big 12 championship game. And if they make the Big 12 championship game and have a chance to win the conference title, then you're talking about a, a potential playoff appearance in year one of the Sunny Dykes era. And so that was starting to become real. But they they just weren't able to put these types of teams away. And honestly, they didn't really do that all year, but they kept finding ways to win. And they did it 
on that afternoon in Morgantown, getting the victory 41 to 31. So that game comes in at number eight. Again, it was a good football game, a lot of back and forth, close score at the end of it. Uh, but they just had so many great games this year that I had it there at eighth. Let me know what your thoughts were after that West Virginia game, what you remember from it. If you think that's a fair ranking, the eighth ranked game in the 2022 TCU football season. When we come back, TCU basketball knows their opponent for Friday night. They're going to take on the Arizona State Sun Devils who defeated Gonzaga on Wednesday. We'll discuss that next. Before we do that, though, I do want to talk to you about FanDuel. NBA playoffs are fast, are quickly approaching. Um, we're getting to the nitty-gritty playing games coming up soon. It's that time of the year where you start looking at the Western Conference and Eastern Conference standings, see what those playoff matchups are going to be. And FanDuel is the official betting partner of the NBA. They have a really cool deal going on right now. If you go to Lockdown.com, uh, or excuse me, if you go to FanDuel.com slash Lockdown, you can take part in their first uh, no-sweat first bet deal. If you put as little as $5 down, you get up to $1,000 in bonus bets. Give it a go today. Again, that's FanDuel. It's where the game starts. Their official betting partner of the NBA. Uh, World Baseball Classic also going on right now. Team USA moving on to the quarterfinals. Um, MLB is is quickly approaching as well. Again, that's FanDuel. They're a proud sponsor of the Locked On Sports Network. Okay, so uh, TC Basketball. They're going to get Arizona State late Friday night um, in the West region. Sun Devils beat Nevada 98-73. to Um so, really fascinating game. You know, coming into this, Arizona State was a team that was really known for their defense um, and not so much for shooting the ball well, but they absolutely shot the lights out. Um, 63% from the field, 52% from three, 11 of 21 from three. And, you know, it's always like I was watching that game, and sometimes you just see a team getting a lot of open looks and they're hitting them. Um, and they did a good job of that. I mean, early in the game, you saw a lot of motion from their offense, really good passes, guys using back cuts or dribble handoffs and getting to the rim. Um, their big man in the middle is a pretty good passer from the high post. That was one thing that, that struck me. Um, Warren Washington, who's their seven-footer, um, he had nine points. You know, he could go to work a little bit, but mainly it was that defense. He blocked a few shots, uh, and he was able to just kind of take the ball to the free throw line and see over the defense and let his guards get, you know, behind the defense and pass them the ball. But also, like, they were hitting open threes. They are moving the ball well. Um, and they also just hit a lot of contested shots as well. I mean, one of their better shooting nights of the year. Um, Desmond Cambridge Jr. is the guy that makes that team go. He had 17 points. DJ Horn, another one of their guards, actually had 20 points. He was four of five from three. Um, Devon Cambridge – He's averaging 10 points on the year, and he had 15 on the day. He was two of three from the three-point line. Uh, so, really, just everybody finding a way to get on the board uh, for the Sun Devils. Jemiah Neal, who's only averaging five points a game, he ended up with 16 points last night, six of seven um, from the, the field overall, one of two from three-point range. So, they were just doing it all on the outside side of the ball. I thought their defense was good as well. You know, Nevada was able to get – um, some decent looks from the outside. When they would penetrate, they were having trouble getting good shots off because of the size that Arizona State had there. I mentioned Warren Washington earlier, and then they also had um, Alonzo Gaffney come in and you know give them some good minutes from that center slash forward position. He had a few blocks. He looked impressive. They seemed like a similar team to, to TCU in the fact that they're super athletic. You saw them get out and get out on the floor and transition. So I'm I'm very interested to see what the pace of this game is going to be because everybody's first thought 
you know, Isaac Shade said, the, said this to me yesterday. He was like, uh, I think I, I think it's going to be, if it's Arizona State and TCU, he, he felt like it was going to be a game in the 50s or 60s, really slow pace. But we know that TCU likes to get out in transition. And we saw that kind of slow down as the year went on because I think Big 12 teams understood that was what they were trying to do. They, they you know, hung people back. They didn't have everybody crash in the glass. They were like, we have to find a way slow this team down, but Arizona state was using their defense to turn that into offense as well. So I wonder if that's the key. Um, Sun Devils didn't really turn the ball over yesterday at all. Uh, they had seven turnovers on the night. Nevada had 11, so not a ton, but that's also going to be a key because you, you watch and saw the athleticism from Arizona state um, on, on Wednesday night. And so you don't want them getting up and down the floor. TCU does at times have issues holding on the ball and, has issues with silly turnovers. So don't turn the ball over. I really think, like, the physicality of, of Friday's game is going to be different. I'm not worried about TCU being able to handle Arizona State's athleticism. The Mountain West, which is a conference that Nevada's part of, has really struggled um, in the NCAA tournament. I didn't realize how real that was until last night, and I saw people put some stats out there. I think they're 7-22 in the NCAA tournament in the last um, 10 years. So it, it's not a conference that's had a ton of success. Arizona State looks like the much better team on Wednesday. And I think a big key Friday night is going to be, can you can you find a way to get off to a solid start? Because if Arizona State, they, they got to be feeling good. They shot the ball really well in that gym last night. Um, if they come in there and they have a confidence about them and they get off to a good start shooting the basketball, then you could be in trouble. You don't want them feeling themselves, you know, going into a game like this. So it'll be a tough task. I mean, I was impressed with Arizona State. Um, last night, but I think TCU is ready and should be up to the task. Hopefully they get to watch some of that. I'll be watching film over the next uh, couple of days, and that woke them up a little bit, and you want to have a slow start. I'm excited to see this team. You know, it's been kind of a slog getting to the tournament. There's been some ups and downs, but now you're here. You're at the place you want to be, uh, and so big opportunity for the Frogs to get it done. They will play Arizona State on Friday night. Should be a fun matchup. If you missed this yesterday, I talked with Isaac Shade, who is the host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Um, so if you want to tune into that, that's up on the YouTube channel, also up on the podcast feed. About 20 minutes of just talk about TCU, potential first and second round matchups, and then the West region as a whole, who he likes to come out of there. If, you, if you know, you're listening to this or watching this before 11 a.m. and you want to fill out a last-minute bracket, Locked On College Basketball also has a bracket show for you where they break down each region – in-depth coverage, give you some upset picks. Um, and so if you're trying to win that bracket pool and you happen to be listening or watching this before these games kick off, then tune into that as well. When we come back, we'll tell you about what's coming up on Friday's show. That's next on Locked on Horn Frogs. So planning on talking with Richie Bradshaw, who is the host of uh, Locked on Sun Devils, and that'll be we're recording Thursday night, should be up Friday morning. Um, so TC, Arizona State, that game coming at you. Friday night, and then TCU baseball, they kick off conference play against Oklahoma. Um, Ryan Vanderheil will get the start. Hopefully he can bounce back after a rough start against San Diego last week. Um, I don't think I really talked about the midweek game, but TCU got knocked around by Texas State. This baseball team struggling right now. I don't really know what to make of it. I don't like the energy I'm seeing. They seem very lethargic. They don't really seem like there's a ton of – it doesn't seem like there's a ton of urgency out there. Uh, and this lineup's really struggling. I mean, one through nine, they're just not getting it done at the plate. Um, Braden Sloan, not a great start. And then some of those bullpen arms struggled. Ended up losing eight to four, but it was eight to two. 
for the majority of the game. It was never really close aside from, you know, one nothing lead early. TCU was not in that. Texas State's a good team. They won 47 games last year. You know, they took Stanford um, to the wire in the regionals. But still, uh, second midweek loss in a row, not great. They're able to win that weekend series against San Diego. Hopefully they can do the same against Oklahoma. But um, it's put up or shut up time because you're in conference play now. And so you can't afford to just keep dropping these series and dropping these games. Frogs will have to find a way to figure it out against the Sooners. That's on the road in Norman, and that will start on Friday night games, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We'll have plenty of coverage hopefully over this weekend of uh, TC basketball because they're going multiple rounds deep in the tournament. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs. It's your team.